Hello and welcome. My name is Nathan Horn from iPhysEd.com and welcome to the final PhysEd cast for 2020. Where has the year gone? Uh, we've been hit by a global pandemic. We've been forced to teach and learn from home. Uh, we've had to change completely the way that we uh, perceive the world and, and also our role as physical educators and coaches within it. So, Congratulations, you made it to the end of 2020. Uh, 2021 is just a few hours away. Um, and I thought it would be a great idea for us to go over some of the amazing stuff that has happened in 2020, because despite the fact that uh, we have been in this global pandemic and been hit by COVID, some really amazing stuff's happened in the phys ed world. Um, and I think it's worth celebrating. So uh, buckle in, here we go. We're gonna cover off the year 2020. This is the Fizz Edcast with your host, Nathan Horn. So let's not kid ourselves. The big story of the year for 2020 was definitely the emergence of COVID-19 um, and the effect that that pandemic has had upon us as educators, um, in particular physical educators. I know that through speaking with a number of listeners to the Phys Ed cast that everybody's had a really different experience throughout 2020 in terms of how COVID has affected them. But the overwhelming uh, majority of people at some point throughout the year of 2020 will have probably have spent some time teaching virtually from home. Now, for a lot of people, this was a very uncomfortable and frankly, not less than ideal situation to be teaching. And I know for myself, um, as somebody who is quite comfortable with technology, definitely not having that physical connection with my students in front of me um, at school was really, really difficult. I struggled to get, to find motivation. I know my students struggled to be motivated. Um, and it really wasn't an ideal way for us to be delivering physical and health education. Having said that, there were a number of positives to come out of uh, this situation, and uh, we'll dive a little bit more into those as we go through today's episode, um, but I really want to focus on the positives. Um, it has been a challenging year for, for a lot of people. I know that uh, people have... Um, you know, had really difficult situations where they've lost their job, uh, where their family members have become ill, maybe somebody's passed away in their family um, as a result of this pandemic. Um, but there are a lot of positives to take out of it. And I think if we focus on some of the great things that uh, have been able to be achieved because of this, I think that that's a great way for us to leapfrog into 2021. So as we go through today's episode, I'll be touching on some of the guests that we've had this year throughout the Phys Ed cast. Um, and you know, picking out some of my favorite bits from, from their stories, as well as looking forward into 2021. We'll talk a little bit about the Phys Ed Library, um, and I have some special guest audio um, from some of you, the listeners. I asked you for some feedback um, on the Phys Ed cast this year, and you were willing to share that with me, so I'll be sharing that later on in this episode. As we get started, let's look back at some of the amazing guests that we've had this year. So our year started off with uh, Scott Robeson, a very proud Muskoka Creek man from the Oklahoma region of the United States. We caught up with Scott earlier in the year and he shared his ideas around connecting with culture and finding his culture after feeling like he'd lost it um, as a young man and how physical education helped him do that. And now how he is giving back to his community through physical education and health. Uh, I first connected with Scott back at the National Institute in 2015 in North Carolina through uh, Adi Kamiya and uh, he was I, I formed a real connection with him and I was so happy to be able to get him on the podcast and here's some of my favorite parts of our conversation. When we go into a school we try to expose them to all kinds of different ways to move but one of our strengths is our you know our whole society was built around dances around dancing around games competition for hundreds of years and we brought them our tribes all came from southeastern united states and we brought all that stuff with us we've been doing it you know from the beginning of time and um you know our our people were some of the healthiest people on the face of the planet a hundred years ago 150 years ago now we're one of the most unhealthy 
groups as far as diabetes and heart disease and, and obesity in, in general. But we have not lost our connection to our culture. And that is so important. Next up, we caught up with Dale Sidebottom, the Energizer Bunny of the physical education world. If you haven't had the opportunity to see Dale present uh, either a webinar or if you've been lucky enough to see him in person at a conference, you will know just how much passion and energy Dale has for not only physical education, but life. He has just become a new father just in the past couple of weeks, and I know that he is going to make an absolutely amazing dad to his lucky little son. So Dale uh, is working really hard at the moment on trying to focus on finding joy in movement and trying to find joy um, in physical activity. And we caught up earlier in the year to talk a little bit about some of his daily mission cards. Uh, I went through a really dark phase in my life where I was just working too hard and um, I I always thought, I'd, I'd always say this, I'll be happy when I get this, I'll be happy when I achieve that. And um, I was never allowing myself to be happy and I, I'd, I'd kept working harder and harder and harder and I hit rock bottom, mate, and it was slowly through a process that I felt that I needed those four key things each day, so play, gratitude, movement and kindness. Jack Rolf is the founder of The Coaching Lab. You may have heard of his match play cards, a pack of small plastic cards that can be used by coaches, physical educators uh, to change the game. Now, Jack has been on a journey over the past couple of years traveling all around the world to learn from some of the world's best coaches. Jack agreed to come on the Phys Ed cast and share a little bit about how he created the match play cards um, and how they can be used in a physical education setting as well as a coaching setting. He uh, His brain works uh, incredibly and, and he has some really great insight about the roles that games play um, on young people's development. There's a quote recently about... Um... I can't remember it exactly, but it was about if the kids aren't, aren't actively involved in the game, they're probably not learning the game. Um, and I, I stand by that. Um, and I don't get me wrong, I believe in the skills and I believe in, in technique. Um, particularly in field hockey, you need technique to be able to deliver the right pass. But um, ultimately, the game is, is king. Um, and I speak about just working backwards from the game. So almost starting sessions with a game rather than the game being a reward that that players get at the end of it if they if they behave themselves and they shut up during the lesson. One of my favorite episodes this year of the Phys Ed cast was when I was lucky enough to catch up with Dr. Mariana Brassoni, who is an academic and researcher here in Canada. She is uh, one of the world's leading experts on uh, risky play in children. And this was a little bit of a departure from some of the other um, guests that I've had on the Phys Ed cast in the past, being that she was an academic, not a physical educator, not a coach. Um, But the conversation that I had with her around risky play came at a time when, you know, we were all stuck at home with COVID and uh, the importance of getting outside and enjoying the environment and taking part in uh, free play and risky play in particular was something that was going to be really beneficial for those kids who were stuck at home. So as I said, one of my favorite episodes this year, and I was so lucky to catch up with Dr. Brassoni. Yeah, well, if you think about, you know, kids as they enter the school system, um, what they're taught is how to sit still, you know, for long periods of time. And the, the, the kind of, you know, the freedom of movement is not encouraged. And in some cases, it's, it's punished, right? Uh, and so what we're doing is we're, we're taking away those skills from kids. Um, but what we found, uh, you know, for example, is that uh, when you have, um, like, if you give children, you know, the freedom to play how they want to play, you know, at first they might be like hesitant and kind of like, you know, they're waiting for that adult to say, you know, be careful, you can't do that, stop. But after a while, when they realize that they can do what they want, they have the freedom to do so, and they have the affordances in in the space that they're in to be able to just kind of let their imagination shape the play. Any kid can remember and can and can go back to these rich play experiences. It's really up to us to to provide them the venue and and to mostly kind of get out of the way. 
It's not often that you have somebody who is an elite performer in their field reach out to you and say, hey, I want to be on your podcast. Um, But that was the situation with Frisbee Rob McLeod. He reached out to me earlier in the year, um, told me a little bit about the work that he was doing with Frisbees and flying discs in school. Um, And we caught up and chatted and Rob has an absolutely incredible story. He holds something like 10 or 11 different Guinness World Records um, in terms of flying disc and frisbee and distance records and with dogs. A really, really interesting guy um, and someone who's looking to show students um, in schools that it doesn't always have to be about team sports, that uh, as an individual, you can really achieve a lot um, in your chosen field. So grieving her death was a big part of how I got good at frisbee. So had that not happened, who knows where I'd be. Uh, But it really allowed me to channel my energy and my focus into being out in a field by myself throwing a frisbee, which there's not a lot of people that would ever think about doing that because most people, when they throw a frisbee, they play catch with a friend. But that's actually now my best event is throwing and catching my own throw. I'm a five-time world champion in that. I've done that on ice skates. And it's cool because you look back and you can easily trace that back. You know, Steve Jobs talks about that, about connecting the dots, looking back. And, you know, as a kid, I learned to skate, then started playing hockey, then got into Frisbee. So you can kind of combine all those skills together. Now I do Frisbee and ice, and I love it a lot. Now, prior to COVID hitting, I was actually an invited guest for what would have been the 2020 Physical Education and School Sport Institute in Asheville, North Carolina. I was so excited to go back. And when I was announced as one of the keynote speakers, I was I was super excited. What I failed to see, and which was pointed out to me um, pretty soon after that announcement, that the entire panel of uh, keynote speakers at that event were going to be white middle-aged men. Now, through this being pointed out to me and making connections with uh, Dr. Srihan Lynch and Laura McBean from the BAME PE Network, uh, it really started a conversation around the idea of how black and minority um, ethnicities are really missing a voice in the physical education space. Um, so I had what was a fantastic conversation, a really difficult conversation at times, um, but something that really got me thinking about my role um, as someone who can amplify the voices of those black and minority ethnicity physical educators out there. Um, I always give this example that one of my colleagues shared with me and his daughter absolutely loves physical education. And um, he asked her, what do you want to be when you leave school? Like, you need to pick your choices now for academic studies in the later years of of schooling. And he thought that she was going to say PE. I want to be a PE teacher. And she said, um, she didn't say that. And he asked why. And she said, well, I've never seen a PE teacher that wears a hijab. So I don't think I, I can be that, can I? And ever since he shared that with me, it's my absolute mission to send, a, you know, as many teachers who wear hijabs in into school, so that young people know, um, yes, you can do this, and and you would be valued in this, and we appreciate you, um, and we want we want to hear from you. We want you to apply to my program. Then we wrapped up the year with uh, a mentor of mine. I'm sure you've heard of him, Jared Robinson, the PE geek. Uh, And we had a wide ranging conversation on the future of physical education and especially how COVID and this pandemic has really um, pushed, I guess, fast forward on a lot of physical educators use of technology and how that use of technology maybe has opened a number of doors for people to be able to become even better physical educators than they were before this pandemic took place. Um, I can just, you know, imagine a, a future or imagine a world where, you know, the best and brightest people are the ones who, not it's not like it's one person going to teach everyone, but like providing platforms where there are no borders. Like why, why do we have to have a border, you know, that only you go to this teacher because you just happen to live near that person? Like there are no borders. We don't have to have borders. We've proven it. And that might mean that the best teachers become even more available to everyone. And it might mean that for the very first time, people who don't even have a teacher can get a teacher. And I think that's, that's amazing. And like 
critics of that would say, um, well, I, I, there should be a teacher in every school, but that doesn't work. Good teaching on that type of scenario doesn't scale. It only scales with the internet. And I think that's, um, that's really exciting. So for those of you who are listening to the Phys Ed cast uh, and you don't know about iPhysEd.com, that is the website that uh, that I run um, and is where this podcast, I guess, was born out of. Um, this is one extension of uh, this website, which really was started, I guess, eight or nine years ago as a reflection space for me to be able to reflect upon my teaching and has grown into um, a resource for physical educators to go to um, to improve their practice. Really, everything that uh, I try to do with ifized.com um, is really grounded in trying to help physical educators and coaches improve their practice for the students um, which they serve. Now, if you've been to the website before, you'll know that uh, obviously we have a bunch of blog posts on there. Uh, we also put um, a number of our resources, things like uh, assessment tools, posters um, on there as well, things that you can download and use um, in your classes to help you become a better physical educator. Now, this, as I said, this website has um, existed for the past seven or eight years now um, and has grown um, over those seven or eight years to include more and more resources for physical educators. Uh, we, a few years ago, launched some online courses as part of uh, iPhysEd.com. Uh, we had an assessment course, a teaching games course, and a technology course um, that were hugely popular. Um, and through those courses... Um, what I found was that there was a yearning for the people that were taking part in those courses to join more of a community, a community of teachers learning together. So this year, um, I sort of put my mind to creating a space where those online courses could live, where those resources could live, where everything that I produce as a, I guess, a content creator um, could live and be easily accessible for a physical educator who was looking for for help, um, looking for resources, looking for online courses, looking for ways to improve their practice. And so out of that, the Phys Ed Library was born. Literally everything that I have ever made in terms of resources um, or online courses, webinars exists within this Phys Ed library platform. So uh, it has been up and running since around the middle of the year and we currently have uh, about 350 uh, to 400, somewhere around that um, physical and health educators who are currently uh, members of the phys ed library. So within that phys ed library, there are a few key areas. Uh, We obviously have the course library, which currently has, I think, 35 online courses ranging from teaching in the Bayesian games, um, assessment strategies, communication consent, boundaries, choosing the right sport for your child, ways to deliver home-based physical education with mobile devices, uh, building a lasting PE program brick by brick, leading change, um, looking at uh, how the global pandemic has uh, caused us to uh, transition to e-learning. So many different online courses that you can access um, as a part of that course library. So some of those courses are uh, long-form courses, you know, containing eight to 10 different lessons that you can work your way through with videos and text and downloads. And others are video courses. So uh, webinars or, you know, one hour long um, video courses that you can consume um, at your own leisure. For each of these online courses that exist as a part of that course library, you will earn certificates of completion. So as you go through and complete those courses, you'll be able to go and download those certificates as professional learning credits and submit them to your board um, or your professional learning body that that tracks your hours. So this was a huge undertaking um, and we're adding more courses. As we, when we started um, in the middle of the year, we had around 20 courses. We've added another 15 over the course of the last six months and we'll be continuing to add new courses as we make our way through 2021. 
Another hugely successful uh, part of the PhysEd library this year has been our games database. Now, this used to exist on the iPhysEd.com platform, and we moved it over to the PhysEd library. Now, within the games database, there are a number of games that you can download and use um, in your classes. They are categorized by the Teaching Games for Understanding category, so invasion games, target games, striking and fielding games, and net wall games, as well as additional categories of movement games, cooperative games, tag games, and fitness games. Each game is available in an easy one page download. So you can download a, a single sheet um, that has all of the possible things that you could need to be able to teach that game. Now I've seen these games used really uh, well in, in classes by teachers leaving them for sub teachers. So I know I use them when I need to be away from school. Um, I'll just leave the game sheet. It has everything there that uh, could possibly be needed for somebody to teach that game, even if they don't don't know the game or have never seen the game before. So each game has a, a learning focus um, that is matched to uh, levels of tactical complexity or skill complexity. Um, and within those learning focuses, the game is designed to guide students down a learning journey um, that is related to that learning focus. For, so for example, if we're looking at a, a net wall game, maybe it's around maintaining a rally um, or setting up for an attack. So the game is designed to get students to think about that tactical focus as they're playing that game. Now, we all know that when we're teaching games, uh, often we need to make modifications. So within these game sheets, uh, there are modifications to make the game more difficult, so to change it up. There are modifications to change it down and make the game easier, as well as uh, modifications for physical distancing and at home. Now, these are new additions that we have added this year. I'm currently going through the entire games database library to add these additions for uh, physical distancing and at-home learning. So this will make these games much more valuable to people no matter what their situation. One of the things that I really worked hard on during the time when I was doing at-home learning this year was to think of ways that I could play the same types of games that I was playing normally at school um, for students at home, even if they happen to be by themselves. So a lot of those modifications that have been made to those games are, are done out of experience, out of me trying to teach these games to students while at home virtually, um, as well as just thinking about ways that those games could be modified for people, even if they have no equipment at home and they're by themselves as well. So once uh, you have access to that games database, uh, as I said, these are being updated constantly. You can go in there and find new games all the time and download those really easy, to use one page um, game sheets. Um, you can print them out if you want. You can put them in a folder um, and access them whenever you like. So as I said, we're currently going through and updating them all for um, physical distancing and at home, as well as adding new games um, to the database all the time. And in 2021, this is really going to be an area that is going to get a lot of focus and a lot more new games added to it. Now, as I mentioned, uh, over the past number of years, uh, I've been really trying to upload as many of my resources, my teaching resources, assessment tools, visuals um, to iphysed.com. Um, and they're there. You can find them on there. Um, but uh, the PhysEd library now is, I guess, the main space where they are all stored and where you can find them really, really easily. So all of our assessment tools, including things like our um, very popular fundamental movement skill cards, our uh, movement skills assessment toolkit, as well as our game performance assessment tools, um, also our our um, digital assessment tools, things like um, Google Forms that uh, I use with my students, as well as templates for um, motivation and uh, heat tracking and game performance are all available within the assessment tool section of that toolbox um, that is on the phys ed library. We also have um, posters like our teaching games for understanding model, the teacher questions for reflecting on, on understanding and inquiry cycles, as well as our levels of tactical complexity. They are all there available um, in that toolbox as well. Um, and then as I mentioned, our games database and some of the, the game sheets that are available, we do actually have blank versions of those sheets. And I know some schools have been using these to get their students, um, as well as some teachers who are using them, to create their own games. So these could be a perfect tool for you to use, um, whether you're a teacher, 
working in a department um, or whether you want to use them with your students to help them create some games and think about tactical focuses and learning focuses and modifications to their game. So they are also all available there as a part of the phys ed library as well. So while the phys ed library is absolutely chock-a-block full of online courses, uh, games to download, assessment tools to use, it is also a great gathering place for the community. Like I said, we have over 300, between somewhere between 300 and 400 active um, members at the moment. Um, and they are all able to communicate with each other through our forums. So we have um, spaces for elementary physical education teachers, high school teachers, middle school teachers, um, as well as just general discussion areas for, for our members to connect with each other, um, share ideas, talk to each other, um, and collaborate together as a community of learners. Now, some really exciting stuff that's going to be happening with the Phys Ed Library in 2021 is that we'll be launching a dedicated phys ed library app that you will be able to download on your ios and android devices um, and access all of this great content so super excited to roll that out in 2021 uh, i've spent a lot of time as i said over the past uh six months um, of 2020, really getting the phys ed library built on the back end, um, making sure that all of the functionality is there and able to be um, used by you, the members, um, or people that are, are thinking of, of joining. Um, and really 2021 is going to be about just getting a bunch more content updated into that space, as well as launching our stand alone app. So some really exciting stuff coming up for the phys ed library. Um, I feel like this platform is a culmination of all the work that I've been doing with iphysed.com, with the, the in-person workshops that I was able to deliver, uh, with the webinars, all the stuff that I um, am trying to do to try and help you improve your practice now is housed here within the Phys Ed library. So uh, that is, I guess, my biggest achievement for 2020, um, something that I am super proud of, something that uh, has been a lot of work um, and something that is also very exciting for me moving forward into 2021, something that I can really try to um, add more value to for you, the members, um, and for, for all those physical educators out there who are looking to improve their practice and find really easy to use assessment tools, games, um, and online courses to, to uh, further their learning. So um, look out for more and more stuff to be coming through the Phys Ed Library in the next uh few months as we as we launch the app at the first part of this year and then really double down on trying to get a bunch more content a, a heap of new games and new online courses all throughout 2021 so for those of you who are looking to join the phys ed library if you're not already a member um and it sounds really interesting to you it's something that you think uh might be of value to you there are a number of ways that you can become a member of the phys ed library first of all you can uh take a monthly subscription so for nine dollars 99 cents per month you will get access to all of the things that i just mentioned so the online courses the games database the toolbox the community everything that's inside the phys ed library will be yours to use for nine dollars 99 a month. Uh, you can take it on a yearly basis at $99 per year. A lifetime subscription is a $199 one-time payment. Uh, make that payment once and have access for the rest of your life. Um, and then we also have a group function. So if you are part of a department um, or you're part of a school board and you're interested in taking this on, um, then you can start starting at $299 for five teachers. So um, if you have five people in your department who you think would value from from being a part of this you can you can sign up on that group thing and then the price goes up incrementally incrementally based upon the number of teachers that you have access to this has been a really popular um, subscription method this year we have quite a number of different PE departments from international schools around the world as well as school boards um, throughout the United States who have taken advantage of this group offer so if you think that's something that uh, your school or your principal might be willing to do for you definitely there's a lot of value there um, you can definitely get it at a very reduced price. Or if you have four friends who are PE teachers and you want to all get together and, and come uh, put, put your money together, um, that's a definitely a way to save money as well. Um, if you're not really sure about it yet and you want to just sort of check it out um, and see what it is all about, we do have a one-month free trial that you can access um, right now, actually. So if you just head on over to iphyzed.com backslash trial, so I-P-H-Y-S, hyphen ed 
com backslash trial t-r-i-a-l uh, you will be able to uh, sign up for a one month free trial you get access to everything for a month you don't have to pay anything um, you can start taking online courses you can start downloading games um, and cancel at any time so if you check it out for a month and you don't think it's worthwhile you don't think it's something that's going to be helpful to you then just cancel your account don't pay anything, but uh, hopefully um, by taking um, part in that trial, you'll see the value in it and you will continue to be a member of uh, the Phys Ed Library. So as I said, this has probably been my biggest achievement this year. I'm so um, excited and proud of uh, how the Phys Ed Library looks, um, all the resources that I've been able to gather in there and all the people that have been willing enough to share their knowledge as well as members of this community, whether that's through the forums or whether that's through presenting webinars or online courses uh, for me this year um, as part of the Phys Ed Library. One of my favorite parts of uh, hosting the Phys Ed Cast um, as well as running the Phys Ed Library and iPhysEd.com is the opportunity to connect with you physical educators and coaches out there um, in the world. Now, obviously this year with with COVID, it's been really difficult for us to connect with each other. Uh, we haven't been able to, to meet up at those conferences and, and workshops and things like we normally do. Um, but the power of the internet has enabled us to stay in contact through things like Twitter, um, Facebook, as well as other online communities. Now, I wanted to reach out to you, the listeners, people who have uh, given up their time throughout 2020 to, to listen to the show. Um, and to provide feedback on the show. And I'm so grateful um, for each and every one of you who has uh, taken the time to listen to any of these episodes. Um, but I wanted to reach out to you and find out how 2020 was for you, um, some thoughts you had around 2021, things that you were looking forward to, um, as well as how iPhysEd.com, the Phys Ed cast and the Phys Ed library had helped you this year as a physical educator or coach. So um, over to you. What is one new thing that you have learned in 2020? Hey, Nathan, one thing I've learned this year for 2020 is um, to be flexible, <laughs> to be flexible. I've always tried to be flexible, but uh, and another term for that is fluid. But I will tell you this year, I've used Screencastify as far as a new technology. So the new I've learned, I've used Screencastify a lot. Uh, I've taught a lot of Tabata this year. And I've screencastified my um, lessons and then recorded them and uploaded them onto YouTube. Um, and that's been able to, I've been able to share my lessons with other teachers using that. So two things that I've learned. One, be fluid. Two, um, screencastify. It's been, it's been great. Um, used that a whole lot this year. This year I've worked really hard at creating new units that are culturally relevant and responsive, but also that answer to all of the changing times that we're going through. Um, and I've really learned to use technology more effectively in that way. Hey, Nathan, Jack Rolf from The Coaching Up here. Thanks for all the hard work you've done this year. One thing I've learned this year, and it's really hard to put it down to one thing because I think it's been a year where we've all learned so much. We've definitely been a lot more connected as individuals. Um, if there's one thing I've learned massively, it would be people don't know how much you know until they know how much you care. Um, coached a new group this year. And one of my biggest reflections was when I went in, I should have shared my values a lot more. I should have made them a lot more tangible, a lot more visual, um, and a lot more actionable. So that's one of my biggest learnings this year. And hopefully put it back into practice next year and reflect on it and review and we go again. One thing that I have learned in 2020 is well a couple of things the importance of uh, quality and meaningful professional development also the importance of being part of a team and working together to overcome adversity and effectively manage change so what have i learned in 2020 well plenty of stuff i guess uh first of all how important it is to think on your feet to be agile to respond to stuff how it's happening I think perhaps the most important thing that I've learned in 2021 is is actually what, what students have learned. And they've learned that they actually quite enjoy school. <laughs> Kids have actually realised that school is a place that they would like to be and they look forward to going back, seeing their schoolmates and actually learning again. And I think that's something that we can carry some forwards from this. 
I think the one big thing that I've learned in 2020 has probably probably been the value of patience and how important patience is really at every level um, and really in, in every type of work or job that we do. Um, you know, 2020 has been a real opportunity to be resilient, but also to develop um, to develop the skill of being patient. G'day, Nathan. Dale Sidebottom here. Uh, answering your questions, mate. So what is one thing that I learned in 2020? Well, the biggest thing that I learned, mate, was that slowing down is okay. And I suppose if we look at the state of the world and COVID, it has allowed us to do that because we've had no choice, really. Um, for me, all my work sort of stopped. So it gave me an opportunity to slow down and reflect on what's really important to me and in life. And um, I think that's been the biggest thing that, yeah, allowing myself to slow down and enjoying, uh, you know, the uncontrollable. So things out of your control, just letting it go. Because at the end of the day, we don't know what the future holds. So um, it really comes back to being present. So for me, um, I've been working very hard on myself for the last five years on this. And I think this was just uh, the last thing I needed to really realign with everything I've been working with and myself. So that's the one thing I learned this year, mate. The one thing that has struck me this year is how technology has enabled relationship and collaboration across borders, within borders. I always understood the potential for technology to bring people closer together, but the necessity of using technology in teaching and communication with family, friends, in-state, in-city, overseas, has reinforced the potential and I've seen many conferences move online and the value of a conference to my academic work is the relationships that develop it and from those relationships spring forth writing and research possibilities. I thought not being able to go to conferences this year might have stifled that relationship building and opportunity to collaborate on research projects, but in fact it's been the opposite. There's been more opportunity to collaborate this year and more people seeking to collaborate through the connections that are being made. I've also seen the power of technology to bring larger numbers of people together in the one spot uh, because the cost of travel, the time of travel is not there. Um, people can, can gather in real time or asynchronistically to engage with the material, which is unlike a face-to-face -face conference. So I'm not suggesting face-to-face -face conferences and learning events will disappear, but I think the the power of technology to deliver learning anytime, anywhere at the convenience of the user has been amplified for many people this year and especially for me. What are you looking forward to in 2021? For 2021, uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully getting back in person with our students after MLK Day, after Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, holiday we are planning on getting back and we're going to be having our kids work in AB groups. So I'll see one crew of kids uh, twice a week, another crew, crew twice a week. And then we'll have, I think, Fridays off for uh, office hours and for online work. Uh, looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to teaching my uh, health classes. Currently, I teach four physical education classes, one being athletic conditioning the other three being PE1. But I'm just really looking forward to hopefully seeing my students again. Um, even if it's just twice a week in person, it's going to be great for our mental health. At, and uh, we've been incorporating a lot of SEL work. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing my students in person, along with colleagues. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward in 2021 to continue to grow and learn with other peers that are doing some amazing things out there, both virtually and face-to-face -face with all of the barriers and hoops that we need to go through to keep ourselves safe. I'm really looking forward to learning from them because there are some real trailblazers out there. 2021 is a really exciting year. Um, you can't wait to get started. It's come around a lot quicker than I, than I thought it would at the start of the year. Um, and one of the biggest things we're excited about this year is growing the coaching lab again, going into our third year, supporting more coaches, more teachers, growing the match play card range, 
um, and just getting out there and helping as many pupils, as many coaches, staff, uh, organisations, environments to change the game. What am I looking forward to in 2021? Well, I guess from a personal perspective, getting out into the world again, uh, visiting places, visiting people, catching up with friends and family, building new memories. But I guess what I realised during lockdown and uh, continue to appreciate is perhaps some of the things around me that I've perhaps taken for granted previously. So I'm looking forward to more opportunities to, I guess, enjoy the little things and to make the most of every little thing that could or should be happening each week, each day. Um, and then the other thing I'm really looking forward to is I've, I've supported perhaps over 100 schools in 2020 with redesigning and rethinking their uh, PE curriculum offer and I guess setting it up under the guise of a temporary curriculum, responding to uh, government guidance and health and safety expectations, etc. What I'm really looking forward to is seeing how many of those new ideas and new ways of working, new approaches to teaching PE and different ways of thinking and considering perhaps more than just your and inverted commas, sporty kids, and try to find ways to engage, excite, enlighten them through sport and physical activity. And, and what I'm really looking forward to is seeing how some of those ideas continue to evolve and which ones stick when we come out the other side of the pandemic. In 2021, the thing that I'm looking the most forward to is... You know, in, in my line of work with PHE Canada, I spent a lot of time uh, with our team planning our conference uh, and various events and traveling across our great country of Canada and seeing so many amazing phys ed teachers and health teachers, um, you know, at, at these events. So I'm really looking forward to getting back to that and um, being able to uh, not only travel, but um, but to have community in person again, I think that you know the phys ed community is very strong, and um, and you know it stayed very unified in 2020. But being able to physically interact and to to hug teachers and to give somebody a high five and and to to read people's smiles and faces, um, you know, without having to necessarily wear a mask, I'm hoping that that, that in 2021 that can be something that uh, we can get back to. With with a couple of colleagues, I've got a book coming out later in 2021 where we've taken the spectrum of teaching styles and applied it to sports coaching. I'm surprised that Moston's concept of the spectrum of teaching styles hasn't been used more in sports coaching. It's arguably the oldest recognised model of practice going back to 1966 when Moston first released the book. So with Brendan Susie, Mitch Hewitt, and Joss Rankin, I'm very excited about bringing the spectrum of teaching styles to sports coaching and seeing what can develop in the support of coaches. A project that we concluded this year showed conclusively, in my mind, that if we want more young people more active, more often using sport as a vehicle for that outcome, then we need to improve the quality of coaching because coaching is the thing that clubs control that has most influence on the retention and attrition rate of young people seeking to be physically active through sport. And if that's not a positive experience for them, and often those positive experiences are under controls of the coach who designs the activity environment, if those experiences aren't positive, they'll go and find something else to do. So if we want them to stay active and stay active in the sports that they've participated in for sometimes up to 10 years by the time they, hitch, they reach 14, 15 years of age, we've got to enable coaches to focus on the multiplicity of needs of people that are using sport as a vehicle to be physically active, not just those that are seeking to be highly competitive and on a high-performance pathway. 
What are you looking forward to in 2021? Well, like I just said in my last question, slowing down and um, having all my workshops all over the world cancelled um, and doing them virtually meant that I had so much extra time on my hands. And with that time, I was fortunate enough to sign a, a book deal with uh, Wiley Global Publishing. Um, and 2021, I wrote a manuscript and put that together with the help of uh, a few professors and doctors and things like that. And um, it's called All Work, No Play, A Surprising Guide to Be More Mindful, Cheerful and Grateful. And that will be released in May 2021. And um, that is something that I'm really proud of. Um, actually, just going through the manuscript at the moment, the finished edits and um, yeah, I think it's going to be pretty brilliant because at the end of the day, mate, we all need more fun, joy and play in our lives. Um, I think people have realised the power of connection and we get that through play. So hopefully this book will, you know, really help people in that aspect. It's not just the teachers, it's the parents and everybody. So for me, mate, I'm pretty stoked to see what happens with that. In what ways did iPhysEd.com or the Phys Ed Library help you this year? Well, Nathan, I just want to thank you for uh, making iPhysEd.com available to all of us. Um, I truly enjoy this website that you've created. Um, right off the bat, uh, one thing that I can tell you that I love about this site is the uh, online training. Um, I've only completed five courses so far of the 35 that you offered, but I love the certificates. Um, I've been able to turn these in. Uh, to use as professional development uh, with my school that I teach at North Bullitt High School here in Bullitt County, Kentucky. Uh, and for you guys that have never heard of Bullitt County, Kentucky, we're right outside of Louisville, Kentucky. And um, this is my 23rd year of teaching. I would have never, I never could have imagined when I first started teaching that uh, how everything has changed from going from paper grade books to all electronic, to going from strictly teaching in my gym to now teaching online. And to be able to access these resources, uh, it's a true game changer. The assessments are another of my favorites. And then I also love the games database. That has been great as well. But my favorite aspect this year has been the, uh, the online courses that you've made available to us. Thank you so much. I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you. The Phys Ed Library has been a really great uh, source of information and ideas for me to pull from in while I create my own program that is unique to my school and to my classes. It's a great uh, stepping stone for me, but it's also a great source of information and resources. So I'm really glad to have had access to it. The ifz.com uh, website and blog has helped uh, myself and my team out by providing an abundance of quality resources, including your amazing assessment tools, games and activity ideas, visuals for our teaching spaces, and much more. Uh, the PE team at CIS Singapore appreciates all your hard work and everything you do for our profession. IFZ has continued to be a really useful resource for my pre-service teachers, in particular Nathan's series of um, blogs on assessment in physical education have been used as conversation starters with my methodologies classes. But there's a range of resources that Nathan has made available that interpret theory into practice, either visually through posters or practically through um, webinar opportunities that he provides. So uh, this, this resource that Nathan curates is not only valuable in my teaching, but I'm also aware of many local teachers who have downloaded the posters to put up in their classrooms in order to provide visual, both direct and implicit because it's there in the environment and direct because they'll refer to it. Um, so it's, you know, thank Nathan for the work that he continues to do. Nathan, another year, you've done an awesome job with the podcast. We can't wait to see what you've got lined up uh, for next year. There's a few areas you've definitely helped me with this year. Um, it's given me a third space. It's made me feel a lot more connected in very much an isolated year. Um, I felt connected. I've definitely connected with new people. Uh, and then the last thing would be it's asked me a lot of questions of my own practice. We've had a lot of time to think this year, and I can't wait to put those answers, hopefully, of the questions that's, that you've provoked me with uh, into my own delivery. 
So a huge thank you to uh, Dennis Minnis, Brenda Carberry-Tang, Jack Rolfe, Mark Vatsis, Will Swaith, Ryan Foy, and Dale Sidebottom for sharing their thoughts um, on one thing they've learned this year in 2020, things they're looking forward to in 2021, and ways that uh, we've been able to help them this year um, as physical educators and coaches. As I said, I'm super grateful for all of your support um, and for your giving up of your time um, to be members and to also uh, listen to this podcast. 2021 is, as I said, is going to be a, a big year. We've got lots of stuff planned. Uh, I have two episodes that I have recorded already um, that are ready to be released um, by two people that I consider um, absolutely um, cutting edge and amazing physical educators. Um, they are uh, Shane Pill, who is an academic in Australia, um, who I've leaned heavily on over the past few years in terms of my learning around the game sense approach and game-based um, approaches to learning, as well as Mel Hamada, who is a middle school physical educator currently based in Beijing, China, um, but has a number of experiences all around the world and is somebody who is just constantly reflective and constantly trying to improve her practice. So those episodes will be released really early in 2021. If you're listening to this now, uh, probably in the next week or so, you'll be getting the next episode. Um, of, of that uh, of those two episodes and then uh, I'm looking for for new people if you have anybody that you would like to see me connect with interview chat with about physical education coaching sport um, please let me know reach out to me either on social media so at pe Nathan on Twitter um, or via my email Nathan at iphyzed.com um, and let me know who you would like to hear on uh, this podcast throughout 2021 I am open to suggestions and very happy to look for uh, new guests. So if you have somebody, please, please, please let me know. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, to be able to produce this podcast um, in 2020, and I am looking forward to an amazing 2021. A very happy new year to each and every one of you who is listening to this right now. Um, I wish you all the best in 2021 as we look to not get back to uh, the new normal, but uh, I guess use everything we've learned in 2020 to uh, help us in 2021 become even better physical educators um, and coaches for our students. So until next time, my name is Nathan Horn from iPhysEd.com. This has been the PhysEdcast for 2020 and a happy new year to you. This is the Fizz Edcast with your host, Nathan Horn.